Hi, it's Candace Patton, and you're listening to The Flash Podcast. Podcast. It's season 1.5 of the Flash Podcast, the summer season where we keep you updated with all the latest news about the second season of CW's hit show, The Flash, starring Grant Gustin as Barry Allen slash The Flash. I'm one of your hosts, Andy B, as always, and with me are my fabulous co-hosts, Amy Marie and Lauren Galloway. Galloway, not Galloway. Oh my God. <laughs> Hello. We're fabulous. You Flash are. podcast listeners. Yeah. So Miss Amy Multiverse and Lauren Gallifrey and Andy B. So now we just have to find something for Scott and Adam and we're good to go. And go. ladies, we are back from Comic-Con and this was an effing amazing Comic-Con. I've Look, I've been going since 2012, but this was my best year ever. Uh, you two were you're part of the, that part the reason why I loved it so much. So um, there's going to be a lot of love coming out of from this podcast. So, you know, guys, get comfortable because, you know, we, we love each other. We're a family. We love working on this show and on this podcast. So and talk about our adventures and um, on Comic-Con. So first of all, how we're all doing today. Are we how exhausted are we on the scale from 10 to 10,000? You know, I'm actually, I have a pretty significantly less Comic-Con hangover than I usually do, despite the fact that I was staying up much, much later. I think it has to do with the fact that I kind of, since Comic-Con, have continued to keep moving because I went straight back to work, literally Sunday night. And so I really haven't had a chance to like, like, I don't know if it hasn't hit me or if that hat I wore like three out of the four days this year is actually just magic and it kept me from getting a Comic-Con hangover. <laughs> <laughs> that's my running theory at the moment but my voice is dead like it actually hurts a little bit so i've been surviving on the uh the ricolas which are those little you know like the ricolas the throat lozenges lozenges <laughs> um i stole that tip from um oh gosh uh mr stashwick who plays deacon on 12 monkeys um i i ran into him uh saturday night <laughs> um at one of the the hotels and he was like snacking on the recolos he's like no i'm almost out what do i do this is the last one and so i stole that tip and since then i've just been chugging them like candy awesome and laura how are you doing are you i know you had you were sadly you had a little cold before comic con but you but you still made it and you still survived like how are you doing now yeah i was <clears throat> excuse me as i clear my throat um i i was really 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 sick before comic-con i was in bed almost an entire week beforehand and so i was starting to feel better on monday and i thought okay you know i'll have two days to get well by wednesday no not gonna happen um you can't go from being in bed like 
like feeling like death and then walking around the convention center like 12 miles a day. So I, I had to take Comic-Con a lot easier on myself this year. There's a lot of things that I couldn't do that I would normally do um, just because my body was still in recovery mode from being so sick. But you know what? It was still an incredible year. Getting into the DC TV panel with you Saturday night was so much fun. Getting to see the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agent Carter cast was awesome. And you know what? Just getting to connect with like friends and, and people who listen to this show and people who listen to Assembly of Geeks. I mean, crazy for Comic-Con, Tony came through a great yes. meetup for podcasters Wednesday night called Game of Bloggers. And, you know, I didn't know everybody there, but there were people who were coming up to me and saying, oh, hey, are you, are you Lauren Galloway? You know, I've heard you on the Flash podcast or I've heard you on Assembly of Geeks. And there were people that I listened to. I listened to their shows and read their blogs that I got to connect with. So, I mean, all in all... No matter what happens at Comic-Con, you know, good, bad, disappointing, amazing, you can't complain because you're literally surrounded by 150,000 people who who love the nerd community as much as you do. And yeah. so every year, it's such an incredible experience, and I, I loved it. And you know what? My, my con recovery has been pretty great, too. I mean, I, I had to drive to the airport yesterday. I went back down to the convention center because... I was having Comic-Con withdrawals, and I met a friend down there. Um, I met Kid Flash. I met Gavin and his dad, Sean. Kid and Flash. Uh, I got to hear their stories. You know, they got to meet Grant Gustin and uh, got a signature Aww, from him so- at the signing. Aww. So, Did they take a just, photo? Yeah, they got a photo um, with Grant and Gavin. So just Aww. good times all around. Well, that makes and, you know, me happy. I think, I think one of the things to help get back into a normal kind of get rid of that Comic-Con hangover is getting back to a normal sleeping schedule and a normal eating schedule. It's very similar to like jet lag. You have to <laughs> start. Sleep, you have to start babe. eating normal food again, <laughs> and you have to sleep. adjust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I sleep, kinda, is, sleep is irrelevant. Well, now I feel like kind of like a douchebag because I'm like, I didn't have any like you know I I'm already recovered and I get I got back yesterday, so I was like you know it's kind of funny how. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of funny how like you know you guys are still you know you have your recovery stuff like but yet I am already back to shape like all I really need was like twelve hours of sleep and like you know you guys know what I was you know what I was doing at Comic Con I was uh, because of financial cause I was sleeping on uh, Ballroom Twenty Lines or the Hall H line and um, it was fun it was just that people thought it was interesting um, so I, that last night was my first time. In the, you know, for the first time in a week, I got to sleep in a bed. So when I woke up, I was like, where the hell is that grass? Where the hell is that concrete? And it's, it's I don't understand this. This is not, this is not acceptable. But, uh, but that's how we're doing. And we were just, you know, first of all, thank you to everyone on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that, that were keeping up with our updates and, you know, telling us uh, to have a good time and wishing us a good time and asking for updates and stuff like that. So glad that, uh, you know, that's why I love our, our audience, our listening audience, you know, I think it's amazing how committed you are. And, you know, like, you know, I, for the first time, I experimented with Periscope. And uh, I don't like how I look on camera. So the fact that I was willing to do it and that people liked it made, made me very happy. So, and, like, people were telling me, you know, there's a lot of people asking me, have you met Grant or have you met Candace and so on? And so on. I was like, no, not yet. I'm meeting them on Saturday for the for Fresh Junket. So, um, 
But it was great to just do that and um, get to interact with people. And yeah, Tony Kim's amazing Game of Bloggers event was so great. Uh, and also, you know, for people who listen to DC Podcast, he is the host of the Legends of Tomorrow Podcast, which you definitely should check out at legendsofmorrowpodcast.com and follow at legends underscore podcast. And uh, no, but it was a fun event. I get to meet so many of my friends there. I get to hang out with you guys. Um and uh, uh, I haven't posted it yet uh, I, because there was a little misunderstanding of who actually had the picture. But me and uh, I'm, I'm, I almost said Lamey. I almost put your names in together. So Lamey, I mean, Laura and Amy, we took a photo together in our Flash podcast caps that are fabulous, just like us. So You know, Lauren and I have actually tried to come up with like a fun little shipper name for ourselves. <laughs> I think it would be Lamey or like, you know, uh, Marie, uh, Gala Marie. <laughs> oh, Gala Marie kind of sounds cool, Lauren. Gala How did we not think of that? But does that hilarious. count because Marie is like your second name and not your last name? It is. That's well, my. It's my middle name. But does that count? Though? Like, can we say Gala Marie? We the one that we've kind of settled on is Hip Gal. You know, we're like like Hip Gals because Amy's last name is Hipernowski. So. I don't know. We're still working on our ship name. If any <laughs> listeners have any ideas, please yeah. tweet us. <laughs> We're not going with Lamey. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. It, it, it sounds because it sounds so. I, I'm maybe. It's I, funny. Maybe no, I, it's uh, funny. Uh, it's honestly, it's the first thing I thought. I was like, lame. Nope. Gala Marie. That's I think that's um or Marie. Ga- okay. Enough Gal. enough shipper names for a second. So we uh <laughs> yeah. So the photo the funny was like. I thought Lauren had took, took in the photo. So, like, the reason I was I didn't post was because, well, it's not on my phone. But then when I saw, looked at my phone days later, I'm like, oh, bleep, I did have that. I should have posted. But you guys will get to see all of our photos on the Flash Pockets Facebook page. Uh, we took some really good stuff. And, um, yeah, it's, we had a blast. So, so let's get into comic. Let's break down the Flash presence at San Diego Comic-Con 2015. What was revealed? What was confirmed? What was um, our favorite moments of uh, learning things about season, season two of The Flash? So, um, first of all, from the DC panel, which um, Amy, I'm, I know you weren't able to go, which was I was so angry. You know, Reverse Flash, I blame you. You went back in time. You did something. You, you delayed. You know, Amy, wait, Amy, well, was any of you your interviews what? delayed that day? Like, were they delayed for some reason? No, actually, they were. Um, I was. Uh, we were. We we ended up having. I, so I had. Uh, interviews from not kidding 9 a.m till 8 p.m at night and um some of them just got pushed back and that's just the way that that it works and so i actually didn't finish my interview with katrina law who by the way i'm convinced is actually a unicorn (laughs) she is incredible she was patient she was accommodating she's well unicorns are entirely unique they are majestical creatures who are, you know, very special and very unique. And Katrina is a very special, very unique woman. She's absolutely extraordinary. So I had no problem <laughs> pushing it back a little bit. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to miss the DC TV podcast, I guess I could you, miss it for Nissa. You mean panel? You, you panel, that you can, too. You, you can never miss DC podcast, <laughs> even if it's Katrina Law. No, but I'm glad you got to. And is that interview up? It's, yes. It is not up yet. Um, we actually had a great discussion. I don't know. Because I'm not in control of those interviews. I did the interview. I came up with the questions. Um, I facilitated the conversation that we had. But um, ultimately, it's not my footage. I'm not in charge of it. So uh, that will be up hopefully at some point uh, with GamerHub.tv. Um but I really hope it goes up soon, not only because Katrina was so accommodating and so was her press person. Um, 
but it was a really good discussion. We talked for a good 10 minutes about women in about, you know, about the recurrence of very well-rounded women in television right now, kind of the origins of where some of the animosity comes from um, against women or minority groups in television. We talked about what it was like playing Nissa as a, as a, um, lesbian and how Sarah was bisexual. And we talked a lot about, um, you know, those kind of different topics. And a lot of it comes down to the fact that she's just so proud of the Arrow community because it didn't bother anyone. It was like, oh, Nissa's, Nissa's gay, whatever. It wasn't about, oh, Nissa's gay. It's about, oh my gosh, the daughter, uh, the heir to the demon is in a relationship. So that's what it came down to. Well, she but, back so I had a great time Did she, sorry. talking... Sorry, go on. No, I was just saying I have a great time talking with her. Um, but I did, you know, I like booked it over to Hall H afterwards and it was already full and there were still people trying to get in. And so I was really bummed. So I, I ended up going and having dinner with a few of my friends, which was great. But I was really bummed that I couldn't get in. I'm like watching yeah. Lauren's tweets we, going. Yeah, we, ha- we, we, had a, we, we had a seat. For, there was a seat next to you that was free. We, you know, we took, we took, we made sure that, you know, yeah, like, anyone asked. Try, they... try telling the, the, the guards at Hall H, to give them credit, were incredibly nice. They're like, look, we get that. And you probably do. But there are 60 people in front of you who would like that seat. And yeah. we can't very well give it to you when they've been waiting for a couple hours. And I was like, you know what? That's fair. If I were number one in line and I saw somebody cut me. I would be frustrated. So I, I was, they were very kind about it. They were very generous. Um, I had the opportunity to basically watch the panel through tweets. So that was great. I'm a little bit bummed I missed the whole Stephen Amell as the new Arrow. No, 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 no. The green Arrow, if I may. I know. Yeah. I know. I was a little bit bummed about that. But I don't understand why he doesn't have armor on his biceps or triceps, rather. Well, it's like, well, 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 Amy, <laughs> here's the thing. They, he wants to show them up. So that's the best way um, to do it. So clearly, well, th- there you go. That's you heard it first here on theflashpocket.com. But let's. Uh, but yeah. But basically, I blame Reverse Flash. That uh, uh, Reverse Flash. He went back in time and it caused your timeline to get delayed, so that you. I I blame him. I blame him. So, but so next, in an alternate universe, I made Hall H. In an alternate universe, yes. you were, no, in an alternate universe, you were on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, All right, so uh, big announcements that happened. Yes. yes. First up, Teddy Sear and Chantel Van Satin have been cast as Jay Garrick and Patty Spivet. So, Andy, I understand that you, as part of the Flash podcast, went and spoke to Andrew Kreisberg and Greg Berlanti. Is that correct? I did not get Greg Berlanti, but I did get to talk to Andrew Kreisberg. But he, but at that point, that was in the morning, so they hadn't announced the casting oh, that's yet. That's right. So they wouldn't. So- they wouldn't talk. We like. I tried to get something, like, but Andrew Kreisberg is so. Andrew, if you're listening, yours. You're such a delight to interview, but it's like you like you love keeping secrets. And so, he's like, very good at that, isn't he? His face, like oh my god, his face, who is adorable by the way. He's like when he's like he's like I am mm, damn, and, he, and everyone started laughing at the table like with him, not Adam and so on. But I don't have any like I'm sadly I have no Jay Garrick inside scoop, but uh, and or Patty Spivet. But they were you know they talked they talked about Earth two a little bit multiverse stuff like that. But we will get to it a little bit later. So, uh, but what did we find from the panel? But we did find out, and I'm going to read the quote directly from Andrew Kreisberg. He says, he says, Jay Garrick is integral to the Flash mythology. 
and he's never really been portrayed in live action. Now that we've established our Flash, we thought it was interesting to bring in the original Flash and create a brand new relationship for Barry to have. Now, two things. The first off, the reason I can't say Flash right now is because I'm trying to chew on a Ricola at the same time. <laughs> I thought you had something second, in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I, I'm, I'm trying like to keep my voice doesn't go. Um, the second is, Annie, if you could explain this to me, I was under the understanding that even in comic book mythology, Barry was the originator of the Speed Force. And without the Speed Force, you cannot have any other speedsters. But now we have Jay Garrick, who is supposedly the original Flash, which doesn't, which doesn't make sense if you didn't have the Speed Force to then get the powers for the Flash. Can you explain to me who exactly Jay Garrick is? Okay, so Jay Garrick is, technically he is the first Flash, and but he's from Earth 2. In Earth 1, from what I understand, Jay Garrick is a combo character. That's what, where Barry got the inspiration from. Like once he got his powers, he got and you know one of his favorite combo characters was the Flash. He loved Jay Garrick. It, it, it was in their world. It's a comic book. It, his he, Jay Garrick is a comic book series, and oh. th- he got inspired from what I understand, from what I remember. And uh, so basically, when they cross worlds and they become into one, they're like, "Wait, you're the Flash, but I'm the Flash," and they, but and so on and so on. So yeah, so I believe that in this incarnation, what they're gonna do is they're gonna stick a little bit to the New Fifty Two version where he is on Earth. One, um, I believe, uh, or no, he's on Earth Two. I think uh, on the there's a comic book series called Earth Two in the DC Comics, uh, current continuity. And Alan is on Earth One, and Garrick is on Earth Two. And Jay Garrick is a lot younger now in the comics, and he has a. Uh, I like his costume. I don't like his helmet in the New Fifty Two. Um, so, but they're. I think they're gonna go with a little mixed combination, but mostly stick to the Earth Two one, where he's like he is the first Flash. He's the only Flash, and I think that's what they're gonna. What are going to stick to? So that's how it works. And so is the speed force. I'm guessing that means that the speed force connects. It it exists in all of the universes. So yes, Barry Allen was the originator of the speed force. But because time is wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. And it's more of a straight line circle or circle in a straight line or whatever that quote is. That even though Barry originated the Speed Force, Jay is actually the first Flash in a different universe. Yeah. So basically, okay. like, like basically, let's say in another universe, I didn't exist, and then there was someone else who created a Flash podcast. You know, there would be like an alternate, you know, Flash podcast out there uh, in another universe. So it's like, yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So it's gonna be interesting how they do it on this show. But, but and knowing this, that these producers they do like to stick to the mythology and the canon as much as possible. We're gonna get something that a lot of Flash oh. fans will recognize and they will be familiar with and so but adding something new to it as well because then that's the point of adaptations of combo characters. What if there's a the Flash comic that features Barry in Earth Two? Oh, Wait, that are would we be in Earth fun. Two or are we in Earth One? Aren't we in Earth Two? Because I think we're in Earth One. I think Wells created the alternate universe when he went back and tried to kill Nora. Uh, Eobard, I mean. Well, there's um there's a quote by Greg Belanti where he does mention you know this year. We're going to do, we're going to be introducing characters from Earth too. That's obviously the origin of Jay. So um, I think he I think I think it's okay. but, but we oh we could be Earth three for all I know. I don't know what <laughs> I I have no idea. But I, I am I'm assuming that we are on Earth one because unless the movie universe is Earth one. But I don't. Gosh. We're going to need to have a full, like, Game of Thrones status layout here. You know how people have, like, Game of Thrones layouts for, like, the characters, where they're from, and who's yet living, and who's died? We're going to need one for, like, Earth 1, 2, and beyond. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no word on that. Um, but, yeah, I'm that, uh, but, yeah, but it looks like we're going to, I guess that's what 
we saw in the finale when we saw that Jay Garrick helmet come in, come in from um, the, um, the portal and, you know, like, maybe he's been, you know, because they're teasing a lot. We'll get to that later. But, uh, but yeah, but what... Um, if you were listening to Cena Nerd a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Cena Nerd podcast, um, it was uh, an episode when Amy and I were gusting together, and um, she had a little prediction that, um, I don't know, Amy, what happened with that? Well, I predicted that they would announce Wally West at Comic-Con, and Andy's like, nah, they're not going to bring Wally West in yet. And I'm like, yeah, they kind of could. And I'm like, Andy's like, nah. And I'm like, but yeah. And then they did. At Comic-Con, they announced very briefly, if I recall, mm-hmm. that they are bringing Wally West. They didn't announce details. They didn't announce how. They didn't announce from which Earth. We just know that Wally is coming. Well, here's the thing. I think, I, if I remember what I said, I, I said that what they might do is, because I think you were talking about like they would announce or bring out the actor who was going to play Wally West. That's what I think you were saying. That's why I was like, no, it's not going to happen. Like I Because I wrote an article for TV. Never mind, just a few days before Comic-Con happened, I had five... DC TV speculations, and I was right on one of them. I was right with Jay Garrick, but I did mention, like, as a bonus, it was a little shout out to you, even though your name wasn't referenced. But I was like, Wally was could be announced as well because of all the teases, but they may want to hold on to that for a little bit, at least in terms of casting Wally West. But at least we know that Wally West is coming, and you know, I love Wally West, and a lot of people that are not even, you know, comic book fans, they know Wally West is, and they gonna they love it too. So I'm looking forward to see who who they're gonna cast as the, the first actor to play Wally West in live action because he's never been on television or on, on the big screen. Live action television, though. Yeah, live. He's yeah, exactly. He's yeah. He's never been on the big screen in live action. He's never been in live. He's never been in live action television. So, mm-hmm. but he was. But he, he has been in Young Justice. Young Justice, as well as Justice League Unlimited, as well as one of the DC animated movies. But I don't know because it's funny because. I believe Michael Rosenbaum, who did the voice for Wally in Justice Unlimited, he re- he reprised the role as a Flash, a Flash in Justice League Doom. But it was—I don't know if they ever said if it was Barry Allen or Wally West. But I think it was Barry. But I don't know. But it was, yeah. Wally West is coming to life in live action, and I'm I'm betting we're gonna get a ca- uh, casting announcement before October six, October six, uh, which is the season pr- two premiere of the Flash. So in addition to some announcements of new characters that they're going to be introducing, on the panel they did address what Caitlin and Cisco are going to be dealing with in Season 2. So one of the questions that was asked was, where does the Flash pick up in Season 2? And um, it's going to be in continuity with the current timeline. So, you know, the show's been off the air for about three or four months, and so the show will pick up you know, in the September, October months of, of the show. So we'll miss a few months of, of their timeline. And so when we, when we come back to see the first episode, a few months have passed. And um, according to Andrew Kreisberg and Greg Berlanti, they're going like central city is going to be dealing with the fallout of that huge wormhole portal that was opened up at the end of the finale. And, um, you know, the, the panel moderator, she asked Carlos Valdez, you know, what's going on with Cisco? We got a tease of his powers and how he can sense the vibrations between kind of these different universes. And so uh, we have a quote from Carlos, and he said, As fans saw in the latter half of season one, Cisco starts having these dreams and starts undergoing biological changes that take place in his mind. Those kind of augment themselves over time. And the beginning of season two deals with how Cisco is dealing with that change. So, 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 
they weren't just teasing Cisco's vibe powers, but they were truly introducing them. And season two, Cisco's body is going to start to change. And then what I got from the sense of the panel is that Cisco is a metahuman. It's not just that that he's able to tap into these other realms, but he was literally transformed by the particle accelerator and he's a metahuman, which I think is interesting because he created the cold gun and he's, he's created weapons and technology to fight metahumans. And now Cisco is a metahuman. And so I I think there's going to be a lot of mindsets that are going to have to change in and not all metahumans are bad, and metahumans all have choices on are they going to use their powers for good or for evil. Um, because up to this point, besides Barry, all the metahumans that we've dealt with on the show are all villains. And so now we have heroes who are metahumans, which I think is really interesting. What, what are you guys hoping to see um, Cisco deal with in season two? Amy, you can go first. You know, Lauren, I think you hit it right on the head. Um, The thing that he's going to have to deal with is the realization that the very thing that he's been trying to stop is the thing he's become. But he's also going to have to balance that a little bit with, I think, his fanboy aspect. I mean, think about how much he gets excited about some of these metahumans. Um, He he gets into them. He gives them nicknames. He gets really excited about their powers. So I think he's going to have to deal with both the fact that he's a little bit confused and frightened about his powers, but also with the fact that he's probably really excited about them. That being said, we saw how terrified he was when he started getting these visions. And I think that's going to be a little bit difficult for him to reconcile. And I think he's probably going to end up hiding it from the team for as long as he can with the ultimate realization that they might think he's evil. Now, we know that his team isn't going to think that. But if you're in that kind of a position, if you realize that you are suddenly turning into something else that you've never been before, that you are now becoming that thing, which other people hunt and other people to an extent hate. I mean, think about, think about the metahumans that they've had so far. You've got Barry who was good. You have, um, uh, Oh gosh, Kyle, Kyle Fry's character. Kelly Fry's uh, and Plastique. Kelly Fry. Plastique, thank you. She was ultimately good, but really didn't have the ability to use her powers for good. Um, you have Firestorm, but look at the repercussions of his actions. You you ultimately are looking at very few metahumans who could be considered good. And there's actually um, there's a book series by Brandon Sanderson where people who are given superpowers basically become evil no matter what unless they're able to gift away their superpowers to someone else um so i think there's going to be points where cisco's having a lot of trouble balancing those different emotions that he's going through the emotions of being about, excited about having superpowers but the fear that he's no longer going to be welcome on a team with that because barry's always been the, the figurehead barry's been the metahuman they can trust but then you look at wells and he was supposed to be the, the, the you know the person that they could trust and he hid his superpowers from them and then he was evil so maybe Cisco thinks that if he hides his superpowers they're going to think he's evil but maybe he doesn't want to share his superpowers because he thinks that they'll think he's evil I like what you're saying Zone it kind of reminds me a little bit um, did you ever watch X-Men yes it sounds a does it reminding you a little bit of Rogue y- yeah yeah 
I think it's the same. I think it's the same aspect. I think he's going to go through a lot of conflicted emotions, and we're just going to have to see kind of what comes up and how his superpowers develop, and if he's able to start using those for quote unquote good, or if he keeps maybe he tries to use them for good, but then ends up you know kind of messing things up, and he feels like he's using them for evil. I think it's going to be he's going to go through a lot of crazy emotions, which is going to be really interesting to watch for him, especially given how excited he gets about metahumans and their powers. Yeah, it's a it's a remind me a little bit about um, Fitz from Shield a little bit when after his yeah. uh, after his injury. Um, I'm not saying that he's going to go through something you know as painful as Fitz had to go through because he lost part of his brain a little bit, you know, like, sadly, but he's now been restored to a lot of degree. But well, I'm thinking more Sky. Yes, when oh, Sky thank found you. out she was Daisy. Um, ah, that. I think that's a little bit. It's a little bit less drastic because I don't think Cisco's powers are inherently destructive to the level that uh, Daisy's were. But I think that they can be used to destructive purposes. Um, he's going to start realizing things he shouldn't know, and I bet he's going to find out some secrets that he's going to have a lot of trouble deciding whether to share or not. Yeah. No, I'm, Basically, I'm glad, there's so many different ways they can go, and I'm really I know, excited. Me too. I'm glad we saw the, um, the, um, the, um, the similarities, because I was like, am, am I sensing a little bit X-Men here, or is it just me? But the glad you saw it too. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be interesting. And um, and Lauren, what did the, what did the Dan, Daniel Panabaker have to say about like you know becoming closer to Killer Frost? So Danielle didn't have anything specific to say about it, and the panel didn't announce anything about seeing... Caitlin become like a full-on realized version of Killer Frost. But Amy, I think it's really interesting what you were just saying about Cisco. Maybe as he looks into these other timelines, he'll be able to glimpse <gasps> other versions of everybody. And he might actually get to look into a universe where Caitlin is Killer Frost, where maybe she got stuck in the particle accelerator instead of Ronnie, and it turned her into a metahuman as opposed to Ronnie being turned into Firestorm. Maybe in that universe, maybe they think Caitlin's dead and Ronnie is grieving her. And maybe we get to see, I mean, that's the great thing about alternate oh. timelines is that these actors are going to get to play different versions of themselves. And I think you're right. I think Cisco is going to get to see that. So our version of Caitlin may never be Killer Frost. And, you know, if she's a villain, we don't really want her to be Killer Frost. But Caitlin may get to play with that character as they take glimpses into these different universes. And I think that'll be really fun for Daniel Pennebaker to play. And I like that it's a, I like it's a very, um, and that's a really simple way to also get to play different versions of a simple character. Because I know sometimes, I remember Smallville, like, you know, for a long time, there was like, it felt like every time they were trying to give us an alternate version of Clark Kent, you know, for example, when Clark was on Red, you know, different versions of, of Clark Kent, it was like he had to be on Red Kryptonite, or be infected by something, or he had to be, it had to be something like that. But then, at, at one point, in season 10, they did introduce Earth 2, where Clark was transported to an alternate reality, where he was Ultraman, um, if you ever heard of him. And, um, like he saw, you know, like Ultraman was an evil Superman. Basically, he t he was a dictator. He was like ruling the the world basically, and um, and that was a simple way, like you know, introduced the whole element of dimension travels and alternate realities. And so I'm glad that Flash is is the type of show that Flash is the type of character that can do that without having to. Because it felt like sometimes that it was just, oh my God, it's you know, like it's gonna feel too difficult or whatever, if you know what I mean. 
Lauren, I love when you talked about the idea that maybe Caitlin went into um, the the particle accelerator and she turns into ice. I think that's a really fun yeah. parallel between the ice and fire. Oh my goodness. I'm really excited. Well, <laughs> October 6th. Oh, this be- is so cool. October 6th, be here. Um, and uh, so, and, well, let's, let's move on. You know, I think that's, you know, what we didn't, they were kind of very cryptic about it, of the whole thing. So another character that we definitely want to know more about and we want to see her journey in season two is Iris West. And, you know, I I feel like, honestly, I feel like Iris was given the least amount of, of, um, what's the word? Screen time development. (laughs) Like, like, like character development. Exactly. Like. For the most part, she was just frustrated and angry, and she was she kind was of on stacked. the outside. Yeah, well, but not all the time, though. No, 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 not all the time. But I feel like out of everybody, she like I'm looking forward to her character the most in season two because she just lost her fiance. She watched him commit suicide. You know, she now knows that Barry is the Flash, and you know her all of Central City is about to fall apart. And so I think for Iris. I, I honestly think that we are going to see the best of her in season two because she is a resilient, strong woman who, you know, who knows how to adapt to situations. And, you know, her instinct as a reporter and a journalist. And, and now that she's a part of Team Flash, she's going to be able to write about these stories, um, not from the outside looking in, but from the inside looking out. And I, I think I'm most excited to see what what Candace is going to be doing in season two because her whole entire world has been completely turned upside down. And, and in that place of confusion and, and anger, she gets to make choices of if she, is she still going to trust her dad? Is she still going to trust Barry? And then how does she grieve the loss of Eddie? I mean, you know, this man that she's been in love with for the last year, year and a half, she watched him take his life. So I think Iris is going to be the character to watch in season two. Oh yeah, I I loved when I saw when she was talking about like being this you know like because I loved how she her comparisons to you know like you know what you know what the, what, what role Cisco had and what role Dan- Caitlin had. I love that she basically you know explained that she is more of the street smart uh, and the people skills person out of all them. I mean, and then also because remember with Lo- someone like Lois Lane, you know, she's able to get. You know, she's able to get the, the the first piece of information about any crime or anything that's going on that maybe Superman needs to go and take part of. And that's why Clark Kent became a reporter of Daily Planet because he, so he could be there where where the action is announced and stuff like. That. And I feel the same way. You know, with Iris, she can be like their, their their inside. You know, she can be the one that feeds them information and stuff like that. And I love that. And I did ask her. I haven't posted yet on TV over mine, but I did talk to uh, because I know a lot of Iris West and um, West Allen fans were. Um, try, uh, were asking me, uh, you know, hoping to get, you know, wanting me to get some scoops about um, about uh, Iris because we all love her. She's great. So I made my best to ask some, you know, like what it, you know, talk about her journalistic journey in season two, and she gave some really cool answers. So you stay tuned for that on TVOverMind.com. So and uh, you, you know, I I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but I'm a, I'm a huge Iris West fan and West Allen fan. So you know, I. I wanted. To, I was just excited to hear about all those aspects, as um, everyone else was. So you know, if, if more more Irish in season two is just, it's only a good thing. It's only a good thing. Uh, Amy, is there anything you want to add to that uh, about Iris uh, before we move on? 
I think Lauren totally nailed it. I think that of the characters, her growth was the most limited. I think it was tied to Eddie and to Barry. And I think that, as sad as it is, now that Eddie is out of the picture, uh, Iris is going to have a little bit more of an opportunity to grow. Uh, She had a not nearly to the extent that Felicity did, but she had a little bit of that um, female tied to whatever the males are doing thing. Um, so I'm hoping that this will be a little bit more of her being more independent of her becoming more powerful as a journalist of her really realizing what she wants. Um, but I think that there is going to be a a little bit of, um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? A little bit of frustration towards Barry. I feel like the word starts with an R like she's, she's going to be a little bit, not blame him, but I think there's going to be a level of her that blames him for Eddie's death and blames her father um, and so her, I'm going to be interested to see her relationship with her father, with Joe over the next season. I think that'll be a key point in it. I don't think, she, I don't think she's going to blame Barry or Joe for what happened to, to Eddie. And I think that, you know, because, you know, I don't, you know, he never, you know, Barry or uh, Eddie, they never encourage, Barry or Joe, they never encouraged Eddie to do it. You know, it was actually, if she should be angry with anyone, she should blame, um, Professor Stein, because he was the one that kind of like not not he didn't plant the idea of like you know like you know take you know you should go and like you know kill yourself or whatever uh, but like he planned the idea you know he brought the the notion of you you're in control of uh, uh, of your own you're in control of your own destiny you know you know whatever Eobor told you you know like what does he know you're you're Eddie you're Eddie Fawn, not him. Yeah, she's gonna be dealing with a lot of a lot of emotional fallout from. Mm-hmm everything that happened because she was the closest person to Eddie. Like out of everybody on the team, who's going to feel Eddie's loss. It's Iris is going to feel it the most. And there may be a lot of tension between her and team flash for a while until she can get past the anger. And then she can start to grieve his loss. And isn't but time. That's the why didn't they time say, didn't, um, didn't they say that Patty Spivet, was going to be taking over Eddie's position at the CCPD. I thought it was a lab assistant or something, because in the combo she works in the lab, I think. But it, you could be I, right. I, I, mean, thought, I thought I heard somebody say, like, that could be Joe's new partner. And there's something about her being around the police station a lot, because that's going to be Barry's love interest for season two. I think you're right. Let me bring up the article. Uh, she is a police officer and a scientist enthusiast who catches the eye of Barry Allen. Patty's obsessed oh, is... with metahumans and partners with Detective Joe West this season, but has no idea her, her crush is the Flash. So, yeah, you, sorry, I was the wrong. She's, uh, she's doing both, I guess. Yeah, they've kind of merged her comic book character as the lab assistant with Eddie's role as, as Joe's assistant, which is going to be interesting because more female you know, cops Joe, on the field. I think that's actually pretty good. Because I don't... Yeah, and it, like if 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 Joe is having issues with Iris because Iris is grieving Eddie, now he's going to have like another daughter figure on the force. That I mean, that could cause a lot of tension, which will be interesting. Um, I I just don't know that if there's going to be as much drama as as um, as your. Proposing, I think, like I said, time jumps in in the TV shows they 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 too they, they tend to help a lot, you know. So I don't think there's going to be as I I don't think that's going to be her. It depends on because if they're doing like they did on Arrow, they're going to jump ahead to like when the show starts. It's going to be October again. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I just don't well, see it I, happening. Maybe a little bit, but not a lot. I would not be surprised if we get back and discover that Iris has not talked to any of them since all of this happened. 
I really wouldn't because you know what? She might've just wanted to get away. She could very well have taken a reporting job in a different country or not a different country. That would be drastic in a different city. Um, I think she could very well have tried something different. She could have just moved to Starling. Uh, Candace Patton talked at Paley Fest about how, you know, Felicity is a little bit of an inspiration and a friend for her. So she may have, you know, connected with Felicity. They may be having a girl's date or something. I don't know. But I I would not put it past her because just like Lauren said, she has to deal with a lot of emotional fallout that just happened. And sometimes the best way to deal with an emotional fallout or something big that's going on like that is just to take a step back. And so what she may have done was taken a step back to focus on her career. And I'd be curious to see, you know, kind of where we're at. I like it that way. Uh, a lot. I like that a lot more than her, just her because I don't want to see more anger between these kids. I think you know they they need each other more than ever now because you know who knows what Central City, Central City looks like right now. Um, but I'm sure we're gonna get flashbacks to the day when Barry did close the hole. You know, just imagine like it, basically a doomsday for them. So, but I I, I like the idea of her not leaving out of anger, but leaving out of you know I need. Like this, you know, this city reminds me of Eddie. Wherever I go, I need somewhere where I can just, you know, get a, you know, get a breather. I need, I need a moment. I need a moment. And maybe she, you know, I don't know if Star City is the best place for, to go to because, you know, it's a lot darker there. But maybe she went to Coast City. Maybe she went somewhere else. I, as long, I don't just don't want to see her do it because, well, I'm angry at everyone. F you guys, whatever. I just want to, I want to be more. Iris is a much, a lot more mature than that. So like, you know, I don't. The right, I. I'm all about drama. I get the drama. It's okay to have drama, but sometimes, like, for example, the scene in episode 19 or whatever when she stormed out of the restaurant from Eddie and uh, Ray and Felicity or whatever, that's the kind of drama I don't like with characters on TV or films. But if it's a drama like, you know, I, but I need time for myself. I don't hate you guys, but I need time for myself. Then we're good. We're good. Right. Like, I think that, I think that there is anger that is necessary and the six stages of grief the first stage is denial, like, oh, this person isn't dead. The second one is anger, you know. It's, it's, it's a natural progression when, when something is out of your control to be upset. But then you get into bargaining and then you get into letting go. And so it'll be interesting to see, like, what you guys are saying, where she is in her grieving process when the show starts in October. Is she mostly done grieving and is she getting ready to go back to work? Is she in the early stages of grieving? It, like Candace didn't say really on where the panel. Where she at? It went yeah. so where fa- that panel is. went so fast that it was it was hard for to get any big information. Honestly, let's move into some villainous parts. Um, so previously announced, I don't remember if they did mention on the panel, but you know, Mirror Master and Doctor Alchemy has been mentioned that they're going to come to season two of the Flash. I'm very excited for Mirror Master because he is one of my favorite rogues, but. Let's talk about the big bad. So they haven't. They at the time they hadn't started filming anything yet. I believe uh, they had filmed a few things, but not a lot. So they brought us this, you know, recap of season one, and then they brought us a little sneak at what's coming up in season two. And all you see in that in that video in that little clip is a blur, a speeding man. Zoom is coming, and here's what Andrew Christ had to say about that. He's going to be faster than the reverse Flash, faster than the Flash, and it's going to be very hard to catch him. Zoom is going to be terrifying and scary and fast, and it's going to be all kinds of cool. And I don't know necessarily if blue is the color we're seeing. Maybe it's a black Flash. There's, you know, the, the, the black Flash does exist in the comic books, and we may touch upon that a little bit later, but 
Let's go around the um, the table um, and just you know say, say what we think about it. Um, Amy, have you seen the promo? What do you think? If, if so, what do you think about it? What speculations do you have? And and so on. Is it weird if I say that I don't want to watch the promo? Because I really, I, I want to try to go into, despite the fact that I talk on the Flash podcast and theorize like none other, um, I I kind of like the idea of going in with as little visual idea as possible of what this season is going to be. So I want to be surprised. Um, I don't think it's I canon though, little bit, part, though. I'm a little bit baffled how they have someone who's flash, flaster, flash. <laughs> faster than the I Flash think. and reverse Flash. So is Zoom, does he have access to the Speed Force or is he fast on a different level? Can I answer this question? Because I know the answer. Okay, go yes. ahead. Go ahead. Hey, go. <laughs> I, feel like, I, I feel like I'm on a game show. Can I buzz in? Can I ding ding? What is, do you have, to, you, have, you have to answer it. What is the negative speed or something like that? What is? <laughs> okay, Amy, to answer your question, how is he faster than the Flash and the Reverse Flash? What is? He is outside of the speed force. He is outside of time. He is a very special speedster. And according to what I heard Charlie say on Emergency Awesome, this version of Zoom is the Hunter Zulamon character, who apparently... I forget how it happened. I think he tried to recreate the accident that caused the flash and something happened where he got sucked out of time. So he's, he's currently living outside of time and that's why he can go faster than anything because he's not bound by the, the speed constraints of like the natural time order. Does that make sense? Yeah. Doesn't Vandal Savage exist outside of time in a different way because he's immortal. Uh, would it, it would be really interesting to see them working together. Yes, and I think maybe that'll be part of the craziness of the crossover and why Vandal Savage, maybe that's why he has access to the time stream. Maybe it has something to do with this Hunter Zolomon version of Zoom. Dun, dun, dun! And scene. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy that Zoom is coming. And, you know, I forget who I was talking to about this. I may have been talking to um, Seth Everett from... Uh, from con TV about this on Sunday night in our comic con recap, but you know, they could have made anybody the big bad in flash season one. It didn't have to be the reverse flash. It could have been anybody, but they went for it. Like they brought in the, the idea that there's another speedster, which I thought was a really intense way to do a, a season one villain. Cause like an arrow, the season one villain was somebody that Oliver knew it was, it was very small. It was very, contained in Starling City. But this, I mean, this guy's a time traveler, um, Eobard Thawne. So I thought that was a really big villain to pick. And now they're doing somebody even faster than the Reverse Flash and Barry Allen. So, like, hats off to the Flash writers who who look at the comics and look at the canon and say, yeah, let's do that one. That one is the craziest. Let's do that one this season. Well, that's how rich the Flash mythology is. That because you know, you know, we have the Rogues, we have Gorilla Grodd, we have these, you know, Reverse Flash and Zoom and Professor Zoom and stuff like. There's that's why I liked it as a TV show. I like you because there's so much, you know, they can. There's so much they can tap into. There's a lot of things they can play with, and I think that's, you know, now. I did watch Charlie's video, and I, you know, I do know about Hunter Zolomon, and I um. They haven't said yet if it is Hunter's Zolomon, but it was funny enough because I saw a tweet today 
by Jeff Johns, where he was talking about like, he not he wasn't talking about it particularly, but he said um, he did tweet something regard that was he did tweet something and tagged Scott Collins on it, who is the co-creator of Hunter's Element. Uh, I think it was the, um, they, it was about the casting about uh, a, a new character that's coming to the Flash, which one of our ladies are going to be talking about very soon. But like, it was funny that he um, tagged Scott Collins in it and so and, and I it, it reminded me that oh right they created Hunter Zolomon together. So um, it's Hunter Zolomon and Eobard Pond. There are two different animals, but there if uh, if you've read um, certain Flash storylines, you will. You will know that they that they have met at one point, but I'm not gonna say it on air because I I don't want to spoil it for someone like someone like Amy or Lauren who maybe haven't read that particular storyline or for your listeners who haven't read and so. But it is it is good stuff and it's uh, make me more excited. And uh, I kept thinking, what if before thinking about Hunter Zolomon, I was thinking, what if it could be just that this is how Rick Cosnett comes back to the show, not as Eddie Fawn, but he comes back as Zoom. That because you know remember his. I said, oh, I almost said his butt. I meant his body got, <laughs> sorry, his body got sucked into that. Um, Amy, what's it called? That, what, what's the right term of the hole? Um, wormhole. Wormhole, I think, is probably the most makes the most sense. Yeah, he got sucked wormhole, into that. Wormhole, um, uh, portal, portal, possibly, got- but portal indicates that there's a second that there's an other end of the portal, a wormhole can simply destroy. Well, didn't I'm pretty sure wormholes have an other end too. They like do, in, but uh... I feel like they don't have to. A black hole, I guess, would not have another yeah. end. Because okay. I because I remember um the thing I remember was the fact that Jay Garrick's hat came out of that hole. And I believe that when they never shut down the um, the portal that Eobard was trying to go through when because Barry came through it and then they were just fighting and then the 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 singularity started to shake up the whole city or whatever I I should have yeah I I've tried to to take some time to rewatch the finale but it was like I think that I just don't think that Rick Cosnet is done yet on this show I think Eddie Fawn is done but not Rick Cosnet I think he's coming back at some point but Hunter Zolomon yeah is probably who they're gonna bring in I I have no idea who they should cast like because Hunter is he's very vicious and I. So um, and it's so it's they're probably gonna get, get someone really who has a big presence like as a big bad. But um, but are we? I hope so. I'm looking forward to new characters on the show. Um, yeah, and I um I'm trying to think if there's anything we should bring up about Zoom. Um, because uh, yeah, we only ha- we only have that video. I I watched it just now. Oh my- I couldn't <laughs> resist. When <laughs> Caitlin, no, Kate, question. There's obviously some new, there are some new lines in there that have not been spoken yet. And usually, you know, they're like repeat lines, but some of them are new. Um, Caitlin says she's not coming back. Yeah. Did you guys catch that? Yeah. What? (laughs) They didn't address that on the panel. Can we talk about that for a second? Of course. That's That's why we're doing this episode, Amy. You can talk about anything. So... That's interesting to me because it doesn't surprise me that that after everything that happened, that with everything that happened to Wells, the one person that she trusted the most, betrayed her trust. It doesn't surprise me that she's no longer interested in fighting off the bad guys. 
Or if she's no longer interested in dealing with metahumans, maybe she's just had it with metahumans, which could put a really big strain on her relationship with Cisco if she ever finds out that he is a metahuman and that he's been hiding it from her. But at this point, he doesn't even... Well, now, I guess, because Wells was, slash Eobard told him. But I think that's going to put a huge strain on their relationship. But kind of like what happened with uh, when... Um after Simmons and Fitz went through, and I'm sorry for doing all the shield comparisons, but it's just like, because Fitz Simmons reminds me so much of Caitlin and Cisco, like maybe Caitlin is going to actually going to have this judgment, judgmental thought of a lot of metahumans that she doesn't know. Like she's probably going to still accept Barry and, you know, Firestorm, but like other metahumans, she's going to be a little more, maybe more, you know, like defensive, you know, what's the right, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the other aspect is that she could just be living with Ronnie right now and be really happy. Oh, right. Him. They got married. I, I, and <laughs> the idea, because they did mention something about seeing the honeymoon. So there could be the aspect where, you know, kind of how I mentioned with Iris, that sometimes the easiest way to get over things is just kind of to take a step back. And she she may honestly be in a really good state. Cisco may be in a little bit of a shaken up, drastic, negative emotional state, but Caitlin may be really, really happy. She's married. Maybe they moved. Maybe she has a great new job somewhere where she's recognized, where she can use her abilities. Maybe Ronnie has his powers under control. He and Dr. Stein have figured out a perfect, you know, merge between their powers and how to balance it she could just be really really happy and not willing to risk becoming unhappy again and i think that'd be a lot of fun to see is it you know the antonym of her being really happy and then maybe cisco being overwhelmed and confused and frustrated and depressed about his powers and you kind of see both of them needing each other to balance but maybe not being able to yeah uh, I, I'm one up thing that, that. One thing that we haven't really talked about yet is Harrison Wells and Eobard Thawne are both now dead. So as far as we know, and we know Tom Cavanaugh is coming back. We just don't know how or when. As far as we know, when we pick up in October, you know, Barry will probably be working at the CCPD with Joe and then this new partner, Patty. But there's no Star Labs anymore. There's no one to run it. So... Where will oh, he Caitlin be, alone. be? Where will Cisco be? I mean, you know, we got really used to the base being at Star Labs last season, very much like the Arrow Cave in season one and two. But, I mean, all of that is gone now. I mean, everything that we know technically is going to be different. And eventually they'll they'll come back to center. But there is no Dr. Wells running Star Labs and 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 Cosmic Treadmill and, and Training Barry. All of that is going to be gone. And oh, you, you know, Lauren, as you say this, I love I'm going to get sad. It's gone. But I love how this vision is forming in my head of, a, you know, kind of broken up and tattered Star Labs. And maybe six months later, Barry walks in and he discovers that the door to Gideon's room is open. And he walks in and he finds her and maybe he starts talking with her or maybe she's gone because that would be interesting. Who would know that Gideon's in that room? Who would take her? Sorry, I'm totally writing my own episode in my head because, Lauren, that's a great idea. I absolutely love that. Like like a broken cobwebbed Star Labs and maybe, you know, Barry goes to visit a la the beginning of season two of Arrow kind of, you know, or 
uh, actually, JK, scratch that arrow comparison. That made no sense. <laughs> All right, I can just I I can just drop by. You know, like I can take Barry to IKEA and be like, okay, let's just build your new base and we just, we'll be out of here, or, or we will build ourselves our, our own headquarters for the Flash Pilot and we just let them crash here. We you know we integrate ourselves into the CW world. Um, you know, that's interesting you know, you know point my... about Gideon. Because now Barry has access to information about the future. But didn't Harris, and other universes. But didn't Earboard take her with him? But you, how, you know, we didn't see anything. How he, would he? he may that? not. Oh, have. I just read something. Barry is the one who builds her. Maybe could season yeah. two be the year when he creates Gideon? Uh, I don't think he has the technical ability to yet. Well, all right, but like. But see, this is what's going to be weird, is that there's going to be this weird comparison between Barry and Harrison slash Eobard. Now Barry's going to be going into the future room and asking Gideon questions about his future. And, like, knowing about your future is a very dangerous thing because then you make changes. You, you try to change your future. You try to protect it. Barry could end up making some very bad decisions just like Eobard Thorne, Eobard Thawne. You the see the parallel I'm trying to draw here? Yeah. That knowing the future and trying to prevent or create the future, in fact, is the exact opposite of what they're trying to do. Yeah, like, it's dangerous to play with that, and now Barry has the opportunity to do that. And that can be very bad, and which is probably how we'll get into some more alternate timelines, because... Yay. He can run back in time. So let's say he asks Gideon a question. Then he tries to change something. And then he realizes it's all wrong. And then he has to go back. It could get very timey-wimey in season two. Amy, are you drawing timelines, Ryan? I can just send that you're sitting with a notepad and a bunch of pencils <laughs> and just like drawing things that you're like, yes, yeah, this makes perfect no, sense. No, I'm... I'm seeing, I'm seeing art in my head in the in the in the uh, art form of boss logics. Oh, um, oh my god, I love uh, that logic. Who's great? Um, but I'm seeing this really like this kind of. I'm seeing Star Labs, their main center, kind of crumbled and falling apart. With Barry walking in, and you just see him looking out at it, and like you just see his back, and he's just kind of sad. And then you see like his suit, and his suit is kind of, you know, it's got like cobwebs on it or something. And then he walks, and he noticed. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm now, now You're I'm starting to write the episode in my head. We're in trouble. Yeah, no, I, I and also I'm, I, there, there is some, some set photos has come out from their filming the premiere as we speak, and it's, uh, it's quite interesting what, what they're possibly going to be doing. Uh, there's, um, I'm not going to spoil it here on the podcast. If you if you want to see it, go to Twitter, Facebook, whatever. They're out there. I don't want to spoil it on there. But let's quickly touch upon Harrison Wells and how Tom County is going to come back to see that, as well as a little bit about Henry Allen, because the poor fellow is still in jail, <laughs> even though the murderer is, is, has been revealed and is dead now. Um, he's going to get out at some point, but they're not sure how. Um, you know, we, are not sure, we are not sure how they're going to do it, but we know that season two will be will be the, the year when they explore how he's going to get out because he's an innocent man. You know, we you know, let him let him live his life. You know, you're taking so many years away from him because um, they couldn't do a proper investigation. But now Tom Cavanaugh is coming back. But we don't know how. And I'm wondering if our predictions that he's going to come back as um, the real Harrison Wells may be too simple for the show. What if there's another step? Well if what if, what if it's another dual dual performance, another you know, double acting that he's gonna do another role within a role. Well, we already kind of went over our theories for him at the end of the the uh at the during the season finale of the podcast. 
Um, my main theory for him is that if we see Tom Cavanaugh again, he's going to be playing the Harrison Wells from Earth 2, and he's going to be someone that, for his technical expertise, Team Flash might start to rely on. So you don't think he's going to be playing Earth 1 Harrison Wells where he was an innocent man who got killed by Eobard? No, I think I think I think Earth One Harrison Wells is dead. I think that we're going to see an alternate universe Harrison Wells who is good and normal and smart and maybe has never worked with the Flash before, but still has that technical expertise that that Team Flash might need. Because think about how many times uh, Doctor Wells slash Eobard saved their butt. Um, they're going to need the expertise that Harrison Wells has. And I think there's going to be a point where they're like, oh, well, you know, if there's alternates, maybe the other Harrison Wells might be interested in helping us out. And you you have a conduit to the other side. You have Cisco. I like that. That's I, interesting. I'm so glad you guys are part of the show because I, now I get, you know, I, I would never, I like just theorizing. We, we should, we should one day do a live show where we just theorize for hours. We like, you know, anyone yes, who drops a theory, please. anyone who drops a theory in the chat, we will bring it up and we will talk about it and see if it works. <laughs> Someone's gonna be like Harrison Wells' main goal is to grab all the green jolly ranchers of every universe. So how can and we'll he be like? Yes. How can he do? How can he do logically? We need. There needs to be a way. Uh, but um, so, was there anything else from like I? I believe we have covered everything now that's been covered. You know, we of course we know Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow and Gotham and Supergirl were there, but we're gonna leave it that for our fellow DC TV podcast member. I know Legends of Tomorrow podcast is gonna be talking about what, what came out about um, DC Legends of Tomorrow uh, and what certain hero is gonna be joining that show. Uh, Maybe another bird, maybe. Uh, if, if if you know what I'm saying, uh, Supergirl had some great announcement for villains that are becoming and uh, Arrow. Oh, hot, hot damn that costume! Uh, <laughs> Lauren, you sh- saw. Should, you know, Lauren was sitting next to me and my two colleagues from TV over mine when that thing happened, and we just. Oh my god, it was it was amazing. Okay, so I'm back. Sorry. Uh, so is there anything else from Comic Con we want to talk about? Uh, like you know, like just talk about like you know briefly about Comic Con. Like how did how did everyone have about how was everyone's experience? You know, in a few words, how did everyone experience their Comic Con this year? Well, I, I do want to say this about the DC TV night in Hall H on Saturday, and and for anyone who wasn't able to go to Comic Con who's listening, or you weren't really sure what that is, so. Hall H at Comic-Con is is the biggest room. There's about 7,000 seats in there. And Hall H is typically reserved for movies on Saturday. And that's when the DC movie panel took place and the cast from Batman v Superman came out. And, you know, that's where they released the Suicide Squad um, trailer and the cast. And so Saturday Hall H is usually reserved for the big movie studios in in years past you know tom hiddleston has shown up in his loki costume and and you know everybody went absolutely crazy for that so the fact that that dc and warner brothers has been able to carve out a three-hour evening in hall h on saturday is absolutely remarkable and i take my hat off to to the planning team for that because it's amazing to have all of these shows on, on, on a panel all at the same time. And so I was able to go with Andy and his, his two friends from TV Overmind. And there was a lot of my friends who were in, in the audience as well. And, you know, we got to see 
comic book panels based on episodes of these shows. And we got to, um, we got to see Stephen Amell in his new Arrow outfit doing the My Name is Oliver Queen speech in person. I mean, it really I'm was. so jealous. Oh, well, it was it was such a treat. And you well, can find year. all of those videos online. Yeah. But just to see the entire cast of Arrow come up and, and talk about the season. And then the entire cast of Flash. And then the entire cast of Gotham. Oh, and then the entire cast. So- of Supergirl, and then the entire cast of Legends of Tomorrow. I mean, we're talking at least 50 people who we know and love, you know, and and, and worship as as characters and as actors and as creators. It, it truly is. It is a, it is a highlight of, of Comic-Con to be in the same room as these people. And, you know, the panels were short because you had to get a lot in at once. But you know what? It was incredible. And it was one of the best Comic-Con experiences I've ever had. And Amy, um, how was your adventure? So because you were all, you were running around on <laughs> running because of life. Uh, you were you were on a lot of different places throughout throughout the con. Yeah, I was. I was doing um, a lot of different press for um, a particular company that I was working with, and uh, I also got to to do a couple things for Assembly of Geeks, which was really cool. We ended up doing the Agent Carter and Agents of Shield press room. I uh, got in under Assembly of Geeks, and that's a lot of fun. I had a great time. I met a lot of great people in the evenings. Um, SDCC after hours is kind of my favorite aspect because it gives you the opportunity not only to to meet the people, but to actually have the time to start conversations with not only a lot of the other geeks out there, but also with people who are creating these stories. Um, you know, I got a chance to meet some of the writers and showrunners of my favorite shows, some of the actors from my favorite shows. And it's really nice just to be able to have conversations that are not only related to the shows, but also just about life in general. And I had a really great time. I got to lead a lot of incredible people, some people who I've been trying to meet for ages. So for me, this Comic-Con was really, I think when it comes down to it, like the big word for me was connections. Not like on a, oh yeah, no, I know this person who's going to help me get a religious job in the future. <laughs> Not that Keep kind of stuff. Divorce, I, mean, please. <laughs> I mean, creating connections that, you know, just connections with people who I've known for a while, but haven't really had a chance to meet or people who I haven't known had a chance to meet. And they're not, again, it's not connections like connections to get me a job. It's just creating relationships with people who I am excited to carry out engaging conversations with and so for me that was the highlight of comic-con um and i'm exceedingly jealous that i didn't get a chance to go to hall h but um i got a chance to know katrina law really well and i'm very excited that i got a chance to meet her and talk with her and to get to know her and i'm really hoping that that video goes up soon but again with the exception of the agents of shield and agent carter interviews unfortunately despite the fact that i was holding the interview the final footage is out of my control since I was working for a specific outlet. So um, I don't know when most of these interviews were going to be up, but I did get to interview Tom Hiddleston. So we're hoping that'll come up soon. And people could be following you and and when those articles and interviews go live, Mm -hmm. be sure to follow Amy so that you can, you can see her (laughs) awesome interviews. Add Amy underscore Marie 97. Like I keep that. adding little like music taglines on here. I can see if I find that song right <laughs> after this. But no, but my my brief experience in like you know Comic Con for me is is a big journey for me every year because that's where I really get to, you know like for example I don't, I don't. For example, last year when Amy 
went to Paley Fest and represented the Flash Puggers so greatly. Once again, thank you so much for that, Amy. She, I wasn't, you know, I couldn't go to something like Paley Fest, but for Comic Con, I can always go. So for me, it was a big spiritual journey for me. You know, I got to meet, you know, you know, last year I, when I when I ran ran into Lauren, we. I didn't know, you know, we were friends in the like, basis of, you know, she wasn't working with me on the podcast. We had just gotten to know each other on Twitter. And the same with Amy, you know, she just showed up out of nowhere behind me on the, the Marvel TV junket last year. And she was like, hi, Anne. I'm like, oh, you're here. You're here. You did get in. So, but this year, you know, I got to go to with, with my family. I got to go there with, you know, with these girls. And I got to represent we got to represent the podcast we had you know we had people coming up to to us and i and you know and, and i remember people coming up to me like you know when i was alone and stuff like that you know telling me i love the podcast you know i love the girls i love scott i love you and you guys you're doing a great job and you know like heck even at the game of bloggers event you know like the people that were checking you know that you had to check in with it, one of them recognized me immediately. Wait, you're the Flashpoint? Oh my god, so nice to meet you. I'm like, so nice to meet you. And it's like, it's the greatest experience just to hang out with people, make connections. I like what Amy was saying about, you know, connecting with people and so on. Because some of these people, you only get to interact with them online, on Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. Because we all live in different places. And uh, so that was great. And, you know, just doing that, I got to do a lot of press junket as my as well, I did uh, all the DC shows, I did Marvel TV, and I did Heroes Reborn, which you were able to catch all of those videos and roundtables and interviews at tvremind.com very soon. And um, yeah, and also get, getting to go to the DC TV panel, because like last year, <laughs> three months after the panel happened, Amy tells me that, oh, I just walked in at 8 o'clock. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, Yeah, I, I was kind of hoping that would happen again this year. It didn't. <laughs> yeah, but next year we, we're going to make sure that all of us get into it. And Scott, for the love of God, if you're listening right now, you're going to be there with us. We're all four of us going to be there. We're going to take, like, I'm going to get you to say shipper names in front of all of Hall Age. I'm, uh, you know, you're, point being, you should be there with us next year. But, like, we... But getting to go to the DC panel with my colleagues and get to go with uh, with Lauren, you know, we sat there live tweeting, and you know, every time something big happened, we just like we looked at each other and we geeked out, and then you know, it was amazing. It was a true experience, and you know, just seeing you guys interact with us, you know, asking how we were doing, if we were having fun, if we saw any cool things, and you know, getting excited. I got to, you know, one person I really loved to get to meet was Lord Meza. You know, I went to his booth a lot throughout Comic Con. Oh, yeah, I got to meet him too. He is one of the nicest people on the planet he's going to be on the podcast very soon again and uh, but i also got to meet you know the lovely people from zap to it.com i got to meet um uh, i got to meet lane morgan who is uh, working for the hundred now and she's also the founder of the 100 charity that was pretty amazing so i got to meet her i got to meet the, i finally got to meet damien holbrook from tv guy magazine who i've been a big fan of for years Roxy Stryer from AfterBuzz TV. Uh, a lot of these people I had photos with, so you're going to get to see them. And Tony Kim, you know, Game of Bloggers, Crazy for Comic Con, it was amazing. So, I, I, you know what, Amy? I'm going to steal your term and say connections, which was my highlight of this convention, and because it was getting to meet people. I, I got to hang with you guys. We got to hang out. We got to, you know, our selfie we took with our Flash podcast caps is a hilarious. And, you know, the story behind it was also funny. So, yeah, it, it, we got some amazing news for season two and for all this DCT. Look, it's a great time to be a fan of television and movies. And, you know, DC Comics is one of the reasons we're getting that. And, you know, like, you should be just as excited. So, you know, binge watch the shows you haven't uh, caught up on. Get into the shows that you haven't watched. Uh, re, you know, rewatch the season, you know, to refresh your memory for new seasons. And, you know, like, it's amazing content out there. You should be part of it. And, um,. And that you know we have, and you know Comic Con is one of those places where you can get all of that. So you know, 
we had a blast, all three of us together, separately, of course, and, you know, it's, um, and it was nice to getting the support from all of you guys, and, you know, I, I, the people I met from The Flash and from Air and all these shows, if you're listening, if you happen to have a minute to listen, you know, thank you for interacting with us, and it was sh- lovely to chat with you guys, and, uh, hopefully get to see you very soon again, so, and, uh, so yeah, I'm sorry. I got a little emotional there for a second. I know we have to wrap up. So any any closing thoughts, ladies, before we wrap up our special episode uh, from uh, from Comic Con? Um, I just want to thank everybody for listening to the Flash season one, and uh, just tuning in every week and really making us the number one Flash podcast on the internet. Hell yeah! Um, you know it, it's it's great to have an outlet to talk about a show that you love. And so I really, 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 really appreciate the listeners. And, you know, if you guys are listening and you haven't given us a rating or a a note in iTunes, please do so. You know, over the summer months, we're not recording as often, but we have a lot of exciting things coming up for season two. And uh, an iTunes rating goes a really long way. Um, You know, something that I like to do whenever I listen to a podcast is I like to live tweet the podcast. So, you know, if you guys are ever listening to an episode throughout the week, shoot us some tweets, shoot us some feedback. We'd love to interact with you guys and get to know you more. But I just want to say it was was definitely a wonderful experience um, just being able to cover some of these shows and to live tweet some of these panels at Comic-Con. It was a fantastic year and uh, I'm already looking forward to Comic-Con next year. Yes, I'd like to absolutely echo what Lauren said. It's a real treat for both Lauren and I to get a chance to come on this podcast and really just geek out and have a good time, but also be able to kind of babble coherently and be able to kind of dive a little bit more into the theories and things that maybe Twitter doesn't give us, you know, the character space to. There's only so many theories I can do in 140 characters, uh, unless I want to do like 16 tweets in a row. And that's not, you know, that just doesn't always work out. So as Lauren said, thank you to everybody who's listening. And please do, if you have an episode that you enjoy, uh, check out our YouTube page, check out iTunes, uh, you know, give us a rating, give us a talk about what you love about the podcast, because ultimately those kind of things actually help us secure more interviews down the line. So the bigger that the folks who are in charge, the head honchos know that folks are listening like you guys, the more interaction you have with us, the better opportunity we have to give back to you. So it's all a two-way conversation and we want it to continue to be a two-way conversation. If you're listening to something right now and you go, that makes a whole lot of sense. That's awesome. Tweet us, talk about it. If you're listening to something right now and you're like that, whatever you just said makes absolutely zero sense. You're totally wrong. Let us know. I would love to have some feedback on some of the theories that we spout out here, have some feedback on some of our character ideas. I would love for you guys to tweet us because Lauren and Andy and I are so into conversation. That's what makes a podcast like this so much fun is because it gives us the opportunity to engage with you guys. And I love engaging with folks. That's what I'm really passionate about. I love connecting and I love engaging with people and talking and having a conversation. I don't want to just talk at you. I want to talk with you. So if you're listening, I, you know, give us, give us a message back. Let us know what you think. Let us know about your theories. Twitter is the best way to reach us Mm -hmm. at the flash podcast at Amy uh, uh, underscore Marie 97 at Lauren Galloway. Is it Lauren underscore Galloway? Lauren underscore Galloway, yeah. Lauren underscore Galloway. Tweet us. We love wait, wait, Amy, to talk. Amy, Amy. What is my Twitter handler? I want to. I cannot spell. I can't spell your last name. Add Andy Bubak. That's all. Yeah. I'm, there I'm, we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, sorry. I, I just like to. I just just a tease. You know. You, um, 
guys, I'm blessed to have these ladies part of the show, and I am blessed to have Scott and Chris and Adam and all the great people, David and Mike and all these. I, I'm blessed. I'm blessed to have such a great Flash Podcast family. And if you want to listen, if you want to keep up with us, you heard what she said at the Flash Podcast at Amy underscore ninety seven at Lauren underscore. Galloway, I almost said Gallifrey again. What is up with me in names this year? Uh, at Andrew Bikes, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Flash Podcast. Lauren actually now has a, her own Facebook page that you can go and like. Lauren, what's the name of that page? Yes, yeah, so I know a lot of people have requested me on my personal page, but I do try to keep that personal for family and things like that. But I do have a public Facebook page now, which is just Lauren Galloway Official, which you can just search on Facebook or you can put in facebook.com slash Lauren Galloway official. And that's, you know, I'm going to be posting a lot of pictures, um, you know, articles and things that sometimes get lost on Twitter. And that's a great way to just stay in touch with me if you prefer interacting on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. And um, I actually have a brand new website just for myself. Ooh. It's not like it's not like I'm like starting a new thing on my own. It's literally just an online portfolio of the interviews that I've done. It's literally Amy Marie Hypnoroski dot sitey s-e-t-e-y dot me once i have money to buy that own you know that domain name i will but right now it's being hosted through sitey which has been great um but if you you know it's on my twitter page so connect through there because i know my last name is a womper if you can successfully spell it you get a green jolly rancher hypnorowski i said spell can you spell it h-y-p-n-a-r-o-w-e-s-k-i did you say w-e w w <laughs> Were you looking at something, or did no, you actually spell that? Well done. That's how I pronounce Green it. Green Jolly Rancher for you. Yeah, I always spell it with two <laughs> R's. I can say hypno Aeroski. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Drop it. Yeah, drop it. Uh, but yeah, that's where you can find them. Also, like Lauren and Amy said, iTunes is really the best way to support our show. Other than downloading our show, uh, you know, that, let us know what you think about this podcast. You know, I think we are a pretty great crew. We put out some great content out there, even when the Flash is on hiatus, because we love we love this show so much. Like, look, if I just say multiverse, you will have a full episode about it from Amy. How she will she will go in so many different directions, and that's one of the great things. We, we can talk about this show forever. Like, there's so many great ways, many directions we can go into. So iTunes, Stitcher Radio, we are part of the Mixed Radio Network on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern uh, by the great Jack Stiefel. And, uh, you know, if you want to ask, if you have any questions for us, you know, at the Flash Podcast on Twitter or you can email us, theflashpodcast at gmail.com. And um, Mike Schmidt's Flash Oprah, the guy who does the theme song for the Flash Podcast and Supergirl Radio and Legends of Tomorrow Podcast, soundcloud.com slash Flash Oprah, uh, good friends of ours, sabtoid.com, uh, great content over there, you know, for TV and film and all that. And um, yeah, it's like we're. We're still in season 1.5. We're still going to give you some good content. There's going to be some really good guests coming on very soon. So, But that was our post-San Diego Comic-Con 2015 report. I hope you had a blast following along with us and getting to getting to follow along with us on our journey to, to San Diego and seeing all the new stuff. And... Um, and, uh, and I hope you also, by the way, even if we didn't talk, get to talk too much about it, Michael Ironside will be playing Captain Cold and Golden Glides Daddy in episode 3. So, and if you don't know who Michael Ironside is, go watch Justice League Unlimited and you will get to know Darkseid. So he's coming to the show, Michael Ironside, as Daddy's, as Papa Snart. Should we go with Papa Snart or Daddy Snart? 
Daddy Snart, I okay. think. Okay, because because yeah, I'm giving it Daddy Snart. Yeah, Daddy Snart, Mama Smoke. Oh, new ship. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Snoke. Snoke, that's a good shipper name. Uh, oh Lord, no, I'm just kidding. So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, until next time, I'm Andy B. I'm Amy Marie. And I'm Lauren Galloway. And we will see you next time on the Flash Podcast. Mm-hmm.